Hello, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. We are live on Block 50 Radio. Do not forget that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Block 50 Radio. Additionally, you can find us on YouTube. And don't forget that we are online at Block50Radio.com. And, of course, Drew Duncan Radio is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Plenty to get to. The NBA is adding literally meaningless games that do not count. We're going to be discussing that on the show today. Obviously, we're going to be talking about games last night. And, of course, we're going to be talking about games that will be coming up this weekend. So, plenty to get to. Again, this is Block 50 Radio, and we are live. My name is Drew Duncan. All right, right into it. The NBA Commissioner Adam Silver has said that he wants to follow the, quote, European model of soccer, end quote, and how they do things. In other words, they want to have in-season tournaments that, by the way, are not going to count. That's right. They're not going to count towards the regular season, particularly the championship game, where the only incentive there is $500,000 for the winner, $200,000 for the runner-up. It's going to be, like, interpooled, and supposedly they're going to change the way that the stadiums look, and they're going to probably wear different uniforms, et cetera, et cetera. A couple of things. And number one, I feel like you're alienating your real, true basketball audience. Now, I understand that the Euro invasion in basketball is changing a lot. But the thing is, is that Adam Silver approached a lot of ball players years ago with this idea. And he admitted that a lot of them were like, I don't really want to do it. But of course, the European players are very familiar with the, you know, interleague cups and, you know, the internal side basically games that really don't seem to mean much at this point to me we're just talking about money grabs you know the NBA reportedly is coming off of a season where they had over 22 million people in attendance for the regular season and most arenas filled up about 18,000 people that means they were selling out almost all season long they're coming up on a plus point one percent increase in revenue just in attendance alone. Sixty percent increase supposedly on social media is what the NBA has reported. And yet here we are with them going, well, let's see if we can get more blood out of this turnup. Let's see if we can get blood from a stone. Look, a lot of people are already upset that the NBA is 82 games. Now, there are some people that are like, hey, I could use more NBA basketball. But do you really believe that your teams need basketball that doesn't do anything for them during the regular season? We're not talking about summer leagues. We're not talking about, you know, the Olympics. We're talking about games during the season that will literally not affect the outcome of the regular season in terms of seeding and any of those things. And in addition, he's talking about having the NBA Finals held on neutral sites as if it's the Super Bowl or something. Look, the Super Bowl is held on a neutral site because, number one, it's only one game. So you are giving fans an opportunity to show up and support any team that they feel necessary in that game. Really, they just want to see a good game nine times out of ten. And to be honest with you, the Super Bowl is, anybody will tell you, pretty much meant for those that are very well off. So there's that. Secondly, you have to understand that 
the NBA, part of what makes the playoffs so great is the crowd interaction. Earning home court advantage is something that teams do and they play for throughout the season. So that way, not even during the playoffs, but especially during the NBA Finals, they can have more games at home. And you're taking away that ability from a crowd that has been there game in and game out all the way from the beginning of the season to the playoffs. And then all of a sudden in the NBA Finals, you go, no, no, I don't think so. Not necessary. No, 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 no. We just, we're going to do it like college basketball and fill up an arena and see how it goes. I mean, at that point, if you're going to do something like that, you're going to have to try and fill up a football stadium, which, again, is a money grab. Look, for me, the bottom line is, is you're asking enough of these players as it is already, and then on top of that, you're allowing load management and all these other things. So when these midseason tournaments happen, are we even going to be seeing the premier stars in basketball? Are we going to be seeing LeBron James? Are we going to be seeing Kawhi Leonard? So if your idea is getting more basketball, which is going to be bringing up what you want is more revenue, let's be honest with you, that's the bottom line. They're trying to draw in more money, more sponsorship. They're trying to create new revenue. They're trying to entice a new audience. They're also kind of helping out the, the Europeans that are coming over and playing basketball and going, hey, this is what we're doing. This is something you're familiar with. You're trying to continuously entice that. They've already done things, obviously, the Eurostep, et cetera. What used to be a travel in my day is now no longer a travel. And hell, half the time it doesn't even get called anyways. Well, unless, of course, you're watching the the Suns game last night. But, you know, the, the fact of the matter is they're doing way too much at this point. They really are. They're alienating their true basketball audience. I don't know that a basketball audience wants to see that, especially when your team may be struggling to get into the playoffs as it is, and then you're going to tell me that you're going to give them more games that don't even count towards the end-season result, that the only thing that they're playing for is an incentive, and I think the winner, again, gets 500 k the loser gets 200 k well, runner-up anyway. Third and fourth place and everything else, you get nada. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't entice anything. I don't care what the uniforms are going to look like. I don't care what the stadiums are going to look like. And honestly, the NBA Finals, you're again alienating an audience that has been there spending their hard-earned money every single game. 82 games. Let's see. Let's break that down to, what, 41 in the season for home games? 41 games. Now, all of a sudden, plus the playoffs, you're telling them, ah, your money just wasn't good enough. You have to understand that the reason that local teams get to complain, and I've always said this about financial status with ballplayers, is because their taxes literally pay for those stadiums. Their taxes literally pay for the basketball courts, for the baseball fields, for the football stadiums. Their taxes, in part, help pay the players' salaries. Now, of course, sports is the one place where I will also say that trickle-down economics works. Because Steph Curry exists, bars are open. Restaurants are open. Because Steph Curry exists, people are in that stadium in Golden State with their food places and all those things. You know, 
Jerry's World, with the Dallas Cowboys, those restaurants, all that exists. And those people are making money because the Dallas Cowboys exist. Without football, without basketball, without baseball, a lot of people wouldn't have any type of revenue. The people punch in your ticket. They have a job because these teams and players exist. And that is why a lot of times I take the side of the athlete. And I take the side of the athlete here because the NBA is literally creating games that are meaningless. You're literally telling your audience, I just want you to keep watching. I just want to make more money. You're literally telling your athletes, ah, I'm going to throw you a little incentive. And, you know, whatever you do is not going to count towards your stats. Whatever you do is not going to count towards anything. And it's just a nonsense trophy that's in the middle of your locker room. Whoop do. It's a bad decision. Poor choice, especially alienating the audience in the NBA Finals. I've always said that the one thing that they need to change about the playoffs, if they're going to do it at all, is stop with the East versus West nonsense and seed the teams out 1-16. to 16. The best teams in the NBA. The top 16 teams in the NBA. Not 8 out of the East, not 8 out of the West. Whoever the top 16 teams are in the NBA, that's who you're going to put in. And honestly, I would like to see that number go down from 16, either 14 or 12. Because there's not that many teams in the NBA to begin with. You drop the season from 82 to 62. You make the season more meaningful. I've got less games to recover if we don't start out good. I've got less games to give me home court advantage for not only the playoffs, but the NBA Finals. I've got less games to give myself an even better seed. And now I'm not just competing in my conference, now I'm competing with the entire NBA for seeding. And home court advantage. I think it would make the season a lot more interesting. And instead, they're trying to do things that, let's be honest, in this part of the world, just it's not something that we're interested in. If we were interested in soccer-style tournaments, then soccer would be something that people would watch a lot of in the United States. The only time it seems that people watch soccer here on a consistent basis for the most part, at least on a national level, is when it comes down to the Stanley Cup, or probably not the Stanley Cup, but the World Championships. That's when it matters. Other than that, it's not something that Americans embrace for the most part. We love our football. We love our basketball. We love our hockey. We love our baseball. So creating an in-style tournament, with a, if the games meant something, I would at least get behind the idea, well, at least the games mean something. But to literally say that the championship game does not affect your season whatsoever, it doesn't affect the seeding in the playoffs, it doesn't help you with home court advantage, there's literally no other point to it other than we are getting as much blood out of our guys as we possibly can and as much money from our audience as we possibly can. And I just can't agree with it, not in today's society. I don't care that the numbers say that the attendance is up there are a lot of people that can barely afford to go watch a game as it is. It's insulting. And that's all there is to that.
All right, moving on. Last night, the Philadelphia 76ers uh, blow a lead, but they end up hanging on to get the win. Well, I tell you what, Joel Embiid, you know, at this point, I just feel sorry for him. I really do. I feel bad for Joel Embiid. I feel bad for him because he just has the worst luck in the world. Two seasons in a row, he has led the NBA in scoring. Despite it being a three seed, this may be one of the best teams that he's ever had. I, I've said that James Harden in these playoffs has played the best that I had ever seen him play in his entire career in the NBA playoffs. And that's coming from the heart. Nobody has been a bigger hater of the beard than myself. But I have never seen this man play better in the playoffs than I have than these NBA playoffs. So well-rounded with assists, defense, of course, a typical step back. And James Harden having potentially the best defensive team that he's ever had. Combined with Joel Embiid possibly having the best defensive team that he's ever had. And Joel, he hurts his back in that game. He hurts his knee in that game. And he's limping around and he's doing everything he can. And finally, at the end of the game, he's able to make a play defensively, which ended up sealing the deal for the 76ers. But even then, going forward, not just obviously in this series, but the rest of the NBA playoffs, I'm just not really sure how okay he's going to be. He's beat up, man. He's had to drag that team kicking and screaming for years. And it's kind of to that point where it's coming to a head. And you'd hate to say that somebody would have to move on from somebody because of what he's meant to the Philadelphia 76ers. But if he can't stay healthy and get right in these playoffs and give his team a deep run, and I do mean NBA Finals run, and be at the bare minimum competitive in those NBA Finals, I just don't know where you go from there now. This is, I think, a make-or-break moment for Joel Embiid. And at this moment, I honestly just feel sorry for him. He cannot stay healthy. I know to a lot of people it's a joke similar to Derrick Rose, that whole thing with him. We all know what Rose could have been if he could have just stayed healthy. But I I get to a point where I look at somebody as an athlete and as an individual, and I just look at him and I go, this guy has literally given everything that he's had, and he just can't get things to go his way. He just can't. No matter what he does, it just seems like he either runs into the wrong team or he gets hurt or whatever the situation is or they don't have enough defense or he's carrying the team by himself or Ben Simmons was making silly plays or, you know, they just couldn't keep up. You know, offensively, guys around him would sputter. He would have to carry these teams. And now he's finally got a very well-rounded basketball team, a truly well-rounded basketball team. They're not one-dimensional. You know, they're not just going to beat you going up and down the court and have to play fast basketball. They're not just going to you know, set a pace and that be that. I mean, last night, that was a physical game between Brooklyn and Philly. And even though they were able to fend off Brooklyn, uh, whether or not they're just going to lay down and, and take the fourth game, I don't know. But I do know this. Joel Embiid going forward, I, I – 
how do you get him healthy right now? How do you get him healthy enough to play basketball? Limping around, he was hitting the pavement all night long. I mean, they were scraping him off the ground on several occasions. Brooklyn is hell-bent on playing physical basketball. You got to give it to them because last night they were not willing to just lay down. They were not willing to lay down and take the beating. Even when they got down, they fought so hard to get back into that game. And then, of course, you had Harden. He was kind of limping around for the night. We're going to see what's going to happen with him. A very odd play if you saw it where he was getting ready to, to make a move so he could cut in and then do his step back. And he made knees. He connected knees. And then he had to drop back. And, boy, that was difficult to watch. And, by the way, for anybody that's been listening to me and has, you know, all about, well, I don't think Draymond should have got a suspension and all that stuff. I don't think he should have kicked out old boy at a game for Brooklyn just for taunting. In the playoffs, are you kidding me? It wasn't even that serious. Come on. This is the problem with the NBA. Soft. S-O-F capital T. Soft. Said what I said. I don't think anybody should be maimed. I don't think anybody, you know, some of the stuff that they did back in the 80s, you know, Bill and Beer and some of these other guys, uh, Christian Leitner, just there's a difference between physical basketball and then just going and wiling out on somebody. And we saw a lot of that back in the day. And I don't agree with that type of basketball, but my goodness, it should be allowed. There's a physicality aspect to the game that should be allowed, and there should be some taunting allowed. You make a big play, of course you're going to get in somebody's face and go, yeah, what's up? I mean, we saw it last night in the Clippers game, kudos to the ref, because Westbrook really wanted a, a foul on that on that play where he got in the ref's face and was like, what in the hell is going on? And the ref could have gave him a tech and probably even kicked him out of the game and, and gave him a long leash. And it should be that way. As long as it doesn't get taken too far, you should be allowed to go to the officials and complain a little bit. You should be able to do what the hell was that. Come on, man, are you serious? Call that. You know, and as long as he doesn't keep going, 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 then let it ride. We we are in a time frame right now where the officiating is so inconsistent in the NBA. I mean, there was just a lot of physicality that was allowed in that game, and then all of a sudden, Embiid's all, you know, he's getting thrown out, he's getting thrown out, and then I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, like, all the physicality that was allowed in this game, which was entertaining to watch for once, and then all of a sudden, that's it right there. That's when you, you throw somebody out of the game, you know, and it was because it was the second one, which the first one, yeah, whatever, you know, but that second one certainly wasn't deserving. My goodness. I, I just, we do entirely way too much sometimes. So, no, I don't agree with that one either in case anybody's wondering. So there's that. Speaking of the, the Clippers and the Suns, Pretty good game up until about the last five to eight minutes, I would say. Phoenix really took over that basketball game. Booker is playing out of his mind basketball right now. There's just no other way to say it. 
you know, what can you be said about Booker right now through these playoffs? It hasn't already been said. He's been an absolute beast offensively. Defensively, he's made some incredible plays. He's gone after rebounds. He's been going for loose balls. He's been running up and down the court. Him and KD, you know, I talked about it about a couple of months ago when KD first joined with the Suns, and I saw the first game, and I said, you know, him and Booker have a real connection on the court. They really do. It's authentic. And, you know, KD doesn't have to go – and carry a basketball team. He's got Booker to help. CP3 hasn't been playing that good. And right now, this is Booker and KD's basketball team. Defensively, uh, they've played just good enough. You know, Westbrook, I will give him credit. Defensively, he's been amazing. He's made a couple of plays offensively, but he hasn't been outstanding. Really, game two was his best performance, and the Clippers didn't even win that game. But defensively, he's been incredible. I mean, I'll say that about Westbrook. There's no denying what he's been doing defensively. However, the negative part is, is he's keyed in on KD so much that he's alienated guys on rotations and getting over for defensive help and sometimes even in transition because his focus has been Kevin Durant. It's really hindered the Clippers. Now, while they're not going to just lay down and take it, you know, the Phoenix Suns, you know, one of the things I talked about at the beginning of the season was them playing bully basketball. They were playing physical, and they clearly had a mission. When they were able to get KD when they were, it was an obvious move of this is it for us. We are going after a championship. And if KD wants to get down with the get down, believe me when I tell you he will. And I got to tell you, I was really surprised that initially when, you know, they were shooting, you know, some of the free throws and they started fouling that the first possession right away just didn't go to KD and stick with them. Don't forget, CP3 missed both of those free throws. He has not been playing good at all in the playoffs, at least at this point. I mean, if I'm anybody that's got KD on my team in that situation, there's only one guy I want to hold on to the ball and shoot free throws. He's 92%. Dude is money. And I think he was 11 out of 11 last night from the stripe. That's 11 extra points. People just continuously misunderstand for some weird reason what free throws do. It closed out the game. It got them 11 extra points that they wouldn't have had otherwise. It's been one of the biggest differences in KD and the scoring so far in the playoffs. Free throw shooting. And when you shoot 100% from the stripe in a game, I mean... Basketball basics are still a thing. I keep repeating myself, but rebounding, free throws, good defense, half-court sets, it still wins you games. It still wins you games. So there's that. All right, going into the weekend, obviously, you know, you, you heard Devin Booker in the post-game interview. Look, we got an early game Saturday. I got to get some rest. You know, they want to close this thing out. Phoenix is focused right now, especially Booker. You know, I don't think I've seen this dude play this out of his mind. I, I mean, he has just gone berserk. I think the Phoenix Suns are tired of the criticism. I think they are tired of people saying that they can't get it done. CP3 has been obviously hearing it for his entire career. 
those teams with the Clippers where him and Blake Griffin and all those guys, you know, were consistently winning 50-plus games a year and they couldn't make the finals. And every year people were talking about, the you know, the Clippers and you know, how good they're going to be and just the playoffs, they would falter, Blake Griffin not being healthy. CP3 still kind of in that situation, isn't he? But the rest of the team around him is really rallying. And I don't give a damn what anybody wants to say. Kevin Durant gives you an edge that you don't have without him. He's fearless. There's nothing he can't do on the court. He's been there time and time again. He thrives in situations that require somebody to have ice in their veins. I don't give a damn what you want to say about him with Golden State. He is an NBA Finals MVP. There is a reason for that. It's not something they just hand out to anybody, folks. They don't just give out MVPs. I hate to break it to you. It's not a willy-nilly thing, especially in the NBA Finals. It's just not. He was the best player on the court. Now, a lot of people may argue and say, well, he's not even the best player on the court right now with the Phoenix Suns. Look at what Booker is doing. Yeah, look at what Booker is doing. Wouldn't it have been nice if that would have been what Westbrook was doing? So there's that. I, I just, from the time KD showed up, I've liked what I've seen with the Phoenix Suns and him. They're sneaky good, whether you like it or not. Obviously, Boston's going to be looking to put it away. They're looking for a sweep. Golden State, um, you know, look, they're still down 2-1. I'll give it to him. That was a hell of a performance last night. And obviously, it was, to me, entertaining. And I think it should have been entertaining to anybody. Obviously, unless you're a Kings fan. Sabonis, every time he got the ball, the crowd just booing. Just letting him have it every time, dogging him out. Look, Steph Curry's not going to go down without a fight. And even though the series is back to 2-1, I... It could go back to 2-2, but I just think that the Kings have done enough in this series to show that they're the better team. When Draymond Green comes back, because it was only a one-game suspension, if I remember correctly, when he comes back, you know, the difference that he's going to make, who knows, because, you know, him and Sabonis, it's going to be such a focal point for the officials that the way he's going to have to tread water, I I don't know at this point. Hindering basketball players from playing good defense and rebounding and being aggressive is the worst thing that the NBA has ever done. And I just don't know that Draymond will be able to be himself in the rest of this series. So I I think it'll affect the Warriors in a negative way. Steph wasn't going to go down without a fight, but I just don't see them coming back to win this series. Now, if if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I I just don't see it. As far as the Lakers go, I'm 50-50 on it, whether or not they can get out of there, but I personally don't see it. I really don't. 
you know, obviously playoff LeBron has always been kind of on a different level. Uh, but I think that we forget a lot of times that the guys around him, Ray Allen, D Wade, have really taken control in situations where he's been non-existent. And we've seen that with the Lakers already in these playoffs. Anthony Davis has taken control where LeBron was non-existent. You know, and I'm I'm not saying that it's not a team game, uh, because obviously we've seen that with the Sixers, guys stepping up around Joel and, and James Harden when they've been kind of injured, especially last night, like I talked about. It takes guys around you to do it. And, you know, just like with KD, as good as he is, Devin Booker stepping up, playing out of his mind. So I'm going to be fair to LeBron in, in that instance. But also KD wasn't non-existent. He hit big free throws and a couple big shots down the stretch. Uh, Joel Embiid hurt, still making blocks, getting rebounds down the stretch, including the block that sealed the game. You know, these guys aren't completely non-existent. They're making plays. So, you know, LeBron, it's an uphill climb for the Lakers. Even if they get out of this series, they don't make it past the next round. That's for sure. So we'll see how all this begins to turn out. Um, unfortunately, I don't know that the Knicks are going to get by the Cavs right now. You know, if they – would have played if they play like they did in game one solid defense great rebounding everybody stepping up that would be one thing but you know I don't know and of course Memphis surprising everybody no John Morant no Steve Adams I mean they're missing their guys and you know they played out of their minds we'll see we'll see how that turns out but you know the thing about the NBA is you know the playoffs everything is so game to game you know, it's almost like you never know what you're going to get. But there's a couple of series that I think are obvious. Obviously, the you know Boston. I mean, they're going to handle business. You know, I I'd be surprised if they didn't sweep it. You know, if you find a team just isn't going to go down without a fight. You know, it could end up in that situation. But I just feel like they're going to sweep. So that should be that. Obviously, Monday, plenty to talk about the NFL draft right around the corner. Uh, we'll be talking about playoffs from over the weekend, of course. And in addition, we will have some interviews coming up from MMA fighters next week. Looking forward to our guest. Guys, I am Drew Duncan. We're live on Block 50 Radio. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me on YouTube as well. Do not forget the Block 50 Radios wherever you are, block50radio.com. Again, Block 50 Radios on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And as always, stay safe, take care of yourselves, enjoy your weekend. And, of course, Block 50 Radio is wherever you are listening to podcasts. Guys, we're on Deezer. We're on iHeart. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Podcasts. Wherever you are, we are there. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody.